In a world filled with spyware, ransomware, fish, and more, we need you to be the hero. In this podcast, information protection and security is bringing new ways to fight back against the dangerous actors looking to do digital and physical harm. We'll give you everything you need to know on a different topic of risk every month. Coming to you from IPS with love. Welcome to From IPS with Love. Our guest today is Justin Heisler, manager of HCA's Cyber Defense Center. Welcome, Justin. Hey, Lisa. Thanks for having me. So today we're going to talk about identity theft, which is something you see a lot of in the CDC, right? Mm-hmm. So in addition to all the cyber threats we see with so many hundreds of thousands of employees, we'll see all sorts of manners of scams and frauds, telephone-oriented, um, phishing, of course. There's always there's always a little bit of something like that going on. Well, and I know identity theft, those words can strike fear in everyone's heart. So what are some red flags that would indicate to you your, your identity might have been stolen? So a lot of unexpected, it's funny to say this because there are, you get credit card offers and stuff in the mail, but like you get really, really interesting mail like, um, uh, something was opened up in your name or um, an account. Yeah, an account. Yeah, an account, debit card, credit card, um, a dispersal of uh, retirement funds. Um, those types of things that might suggest, like, this seems k- kind of official. And, you know, I didn't, I, you know, I didn't ask for this. Mm. Um, so that's, that's one of the, the biggest things I would um, take a look at. I think the biggest is probably. Um, unfortunately, maybe at tax time or when you go to apply for a new line of credit loan um, and getting denied. Um, and tax time is another, another big one, too. Right. I know um, so often uh, a scam we talk about a lot when it comes to tax time is people, um, is criminals getting a hold of your Social Security number and filing, actually, a tax return in your name. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something you really wouldn't find out until you went to file and the IRS says, well, we've already got your tax return. So that's the time to panic, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So tax time is definitely like if you get that and it gets denied or hadn't expected a return or, or, or something like that, it's definitely a, a time to panic. Um, yeah, those are kind of difficult. I think a big theme in our discussion will probably be maybe not with the tax stuff, but certainly with credit and debit cards. like. Prevention's not always possible, but detection and response is kind of a must. So, you know, there are certain things you can do. Um, I know we'll probably talk about um, uh, credit freezes and those types of things. Um, one of the newer types of things that have, has been done, and actually, once you get your taxes filed out with the IRS for a faulty return, then they'll typically uh, give you the option of using a PIN so that okay. for the next year's tax return, um, there's a code that they'll have to submit. You'll have to submit in order for the IRS to accept it. Um, another good thing that's come out here in the past couple of years is the IRS has done. Um, I can't recall the name of the type of login, um, but there's an account you can make with the IRS. It's also um, it's like a MyGov ID. It's also used for um, passports because they're starting to renew passports online. Okay. You can create one of these accounts at the IRS. And so with regard to the question a minute ago, we were talking about you know unexpected pieces of mail showing up. 
Um, a lot of the scammers will try to make another point of presence, so they'll register an account with the IRS on your behalf. Mm -hmm. And so if you make one of those accounts, you know, even if you don't use it, even if you just use TurboTax or, or you know, do Easy File or whatever, it's good to have that account just in case, mm -hmm. even if only so nobody else can register it. Oh, right. So that, that um, theory of almost planting your flag first, mm -hmm. right? So that, sure. that's why we always say file your taxes as soon as you have your W-2 so that you get in there early and then when a criminal tries to maybe use your credentials, um, they're blocked. They, they can't do it as well. Yeah. Um, when you mentioned like the PIN at, um, at the IRS and that brings up multi-factor authorization, right? Which is something I know that you, if you're offered that, you should always do it, yeah. right? Whether it's on your credit card, it takes a little longer, right? Um, that's where you'll be sent a code, uh, usually on your phone, and then you have to enter that code. Mm -hmm. But that's just another layer, right? For so sure. that to prevent a criminal mm -hmm. from getting into your accounts. Um, and you know, I think credit cards are probably one of the more frequent ways, at least that we've seen, that could be red flags when you see unusual charges, right, on your credit card, or even really low charges. Yeah. Like I've seen that where it's just a dollar at Target. And it's like, is this worth calling my credit card company over? What should I do if I saw that? <laughs> yeah, that was, that was kind of how I got into this topic is, um, I think the first time it happened for me personally was um, iTunes. Back before all the streaming music, it was like 99 cents on iTunes for songs. Mm -hmm. Well, um, and even still today, there'll be like a probing charge. So a small, maybe a few cents, a dollar here or there. Okay. Um, to see if it'll post, and then if it posts and it works, then they'll go for a much larger amount. I um, see. Okay. Unfortunately, it's just one of the realities of life nowadays. Um, you know, I, I do have some tips on how you can help um, mitigate that. Um, unfortunately, all it takes is one bad swipe at a gas station, or you know, a, a, a dishonest actor or person mm -hmm. with a with a, a card skimmer, but. Um, there are definitely some things you can do um, with respect to credit and debit cards. Um, I would always run credit um, wherever possible. Um, not not using a debit card as a credit card, but actually credit credit whenever you can whenever you can manage it. Um, that way, when there's a fraudulent transaction, it's it's the bank's money. Um, you know, it's not your money, yeah. and you're waiting for somebody to give you hundreds or thousands of dollars back. Um, so that's that's a big thing. Mm -hmm. um, something that's not super well known, but is using, I mean, it's well known, but the protection it offers. So using something like the Apple Pay or um, on your phone, smartwatch, whatever you got. Um, Samsung, Android has it as well. But I know particularly to Google and Apple, um, they will hide the original card number from the merchant. Oh. So the way a lot of these things work, and personally, like the way I buy gas, because that's a very common way for folks to get your um, debit or credit cards is mm -hmm. getting a skimmer in the gas pump. Mm -hmm. um, so if you, sometimes I'll even check the label on the on the gas pump to see if it's been tampered. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Because they'll have that label there. That doesn't mean I won't use it, but what I'm getting at is, uh, like I know Shell has an app that you can pay in. Um, oh. Use the tap to pay. Um, you could use tap to pay. Um, but even better is the, um, you know, Google, Apple, smartphone kind of one. 
because okay. it gets rid of that original card number. Yeah. Um, so I'll just usually pay an app, which does Apple Pay, and that tells the, the gas pump to, you know, let me start pumping gas. Okay. Um, well, yeah, so gas pumps and ATMs, they often have these skimmers or they're, um, it's risky, it can be risky, right? Because yeah. those are places that criminals can go and do something. It's not really watched. The gas pump is outside, mm -hmm. so it's not like in the store, although it could happen in the store. But you're saying, yeah, if you just do tap to pay or use that app of whatever brand it is, that's going to um, save you from running in a, a skimmer, right? Running your car through a skimmer. For sure. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, so skimmers are a great example for, for the next question of how do these criminals get our information that they're able to then, you know, file tax returns in our names? So I'll, I'll start with the debit credit card example. Um, there's been a, a, quite a few breaches of payment system vendors. Mm -hmm. um, I know a few years ago, there's been large uh, franchises of like independently operated fast food restaurants. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, they may not be complying with all the requirements. So mm -hmm. um, they'll get a big database of um, credit card numbers, debit card numbers, mm -hmm. when they um, break into these uh, companies that manage fast food restaurants and they'll run those cards. Um, that's a good reason why I bring up the apps is because if they have a one-time use card number, which is what these are, mm -hmm. um, then there's nothing they can do with mm -hmm. it. Um, so, um, yeah. So those kind of data breaches, um, I mean, those numbers then, is it safe to say they all go on the dark web or they're sold and they just, they kind of um, are part of a pool, right? That yeah criminals can buy or hack or try those numbers and or your login or password anywhere. Right? Yeah, so how it's typically done is um, threat actors will post on, on, the, on the dark web uh, batches or collections. Oh. So they may say where it came from, mm -hmm. what company. Um, typically they'll try to do a little bit of research on the cards to try and find out um, which ones are the best, therefore the ones they could sell the highest. Um, some of the batches can be, be pretty cheap. Um, typically the more recent, the more recent the data set that the, that the third actor has, mm. the more expensive it'll be because it's more likely those cards haven't expired yet because debit credit cards have oh. several years out mm -hmm. expiration date. So, um, yeah. Well, we've talked a little bit about how to protect yourself. I mean, a credit freeze is a mm -hmm. great idea because then, um, no, a criminal can't open an account in your name. Um, checking your accounts, mm -hmm. right? Credit, debits, looking for weird charges, even if they're really minor. Uh, what are some other ways to protect your, your valuable information that can be used by criminals to steal your identity? Yeah, so just like um, the credit freezes, I've got a couple that are really good things to do up front. You know, they're not, they're not fun. It's kind of like taxes <laughs> themselves, like, Nobody really, I mean, maybe some people do expect a <laughs> refund, but like, you know, nobody's lining up to like, you know, do, do the taxes. So there's, there's definitely some homework. Um, overall, in this kind of entire conversation, I'd say there's basically three things. Um, the most important being um, use multi-factor authentication. Mm -hmm. So um, in the security industry, we prefer like the authenticator apps like Google Authenticator, mm -hmm. Microsoft Authenticator. Um, you know, SMS is better than nothing. Um, text? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So text, texts are, the thought being is if you have somebody really advanced or 
if, if you're bragging about money having online, what a lot of third actors will do is they'll use social media, find your cell phone provider, call the cell phone provider, pretend to be you, and get the number switched. They can log into your accounts. Wow. So that's why people don't like text message. But for 99% of the people out there, it's fine. Mm -hmm. you, know, okay. you definitely want to have it than not have it. Mm -hmm. um, if you're really sophisticated and, and, and um, want to go a step further, I don't know if the camera will pick this up, but these little Yubi keys or these little two-factor keys, mm -hmm. these are super helpful because you plug this into your device and you have to press a button and push in a code. So oh. if somebody's calling you on the phone asking to log in, you give them your username and password, they're in somewhere else in the world. They can't. Right. They can't intercept this. Oh, wow. Um, okay. That's pretty small, too. It seems like you can just carry that around. Yeah. Good for traveling. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's not always necessary, but it just depends on on, mm -hmm. on your personal situation. Well, um, and so you mentioned MFA, but actually back up. I mean, let's talk about passwords. For sure. Right. I know um, that's the original way to lock down your accounts. Yeah. But the problems have been people reuse them, right? Or yeah. unfortunately use one, two, three, four, or password. Yeah. Um, so how, what's your advice on strong passwords that can help protect your information? So this is the other, this is the one of the two things. So we got multi-factor. Mm -hmm. that's, not, that's not always the most fun thing to do, <laughs> but it's just kind of reality of the world we live in now. Um, so with password, password managers are really kind of the way to go. Thankfully, um, Google and Apple have done really good about building password managers into the browser or into iOS. So um, really the intention is, is just have a, a product that has one password you remember. Mm -hmm. And then for every site you go to, let it generate a password. So going back to the prior discussion about breaches and these threat actors are using passwords, it's like the credit card. If they get, a, if they get one, and they can just log into that one account, you know. Mm -hmm. Whereas if they get one and it's also the same as your bank account or something else, um, they'll go pivot around. Mm -hmm. um, and that's actually something we've, we've seen here at HCA where, um, you know, somebody may reuse passwords and then they'll try to come in on, on something perhaps uh, directly HCA or maybe something work-related, work-tangent. Oh. Um, like a like a, a support for one of our vendors um, okay. coming in. So wow, yeah. All right, so we've got MFA password. What's the third thing you said? If you're only going to do three things, what would that be? Uh, the last one would be the this um, credit security freeze. Okay. So um, I actually ran into it this past week. I was um, applying for a new account, mm. and I just wanted to see what would happen. I mean, I've done this in the past. Like I've I've known I'm going to do it, so I'm going to lift something. Yeah. But I was like, lift the freeze rather, because I've done that in the past. But I just want to see what would happen. Like if I applied for something, what, what would it tell me to do? Mm. Um, and it basically told me that, hey, your Experian is locked because they were using Experian. Mm -hmm. um, that's why some of this stuff is no fun because when you go to apply for something, whoever, you know, the phone store, they may not know which credit bureau they're, they're going to mm -hmm. run through. So, um, yeah, I mean, it blocked me and I had to go on... I think it was Experian's website and, you know, um, temporarily unfreeze my credit. Mm -hmm. um, it's certainly inconvenient, but it is like the number one way because mm. these credit reporting agencies are like 
the place to get, you know, to get that information. So Right, right. Um, and they'll actually go out of their way to stop people from, or make it confusing. I don't know if you ever tried to like cancel something online, but they'll say like, keep your current subscription or they'll make it. Yes. The, the brighter <laughs> button is like, do nothing. And like the button down in the corner is actually like cancel. Yeah, right. right. Um, so they call it dark patterns, but the, uh, there's like security alerts and they'll call like um, inquiry alerts or monitoring, all that stuff's fine. But at the end of the day, if somebody can convince a customer support agent mm. to run your credit, um, then those things don't do it. Mm -hmm. And the reason they'll hide it is, is the credit bureaus make money off of packaging up people, like let's say people with a high credit score that are homeowners, they'll package those up in order to sell to mm. advertisers and other companies so you can get, you know, spam and junk in the mail. <laughs> so they really don't want you to find it, but um, it's there and you may just have to search around a little bit. And, and um, um, you know, Brian Krebs' website, Krebs on Security is a great resource for that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'd imagine Consumer Reports or, or, you know, any of the reputable news agencies, you know, point you in the right direction. Right. Because those, those websites, they'll, they'll change where the actual freeze button is. Oh, right, um, right. <laughs> Yeah, and we've got great instructions too um, yeah. on our on our intranet, so on how to do that um, and walk you through it. So hopefully, make it easy, make it a little less painful. Yeah, it's not so bad. So <laughs> long as you keep keep your, they'll give you a pin or sometimes a login. Keep that in your password manager, <laughs> and uh, um, you know you'll be fine. In the example I had, it told me what it was. Mm -hmm. I logged in. I tried it again ten minutes later. It's fine. Okay. But, All right. Yeah. So it's just a matter of going and lifting it and then putting the freeze back on, whether you're buying a car or whatever you need to do. Yeah. To, to, to reopen that credit. Yeah. Okay. Well, Justin, thank you. Some great tips um, and great advice, things to look out for and, and things to do to prevent preventative stuff, mm -hmm. which is great. Um, so you can watch this episode and all other episodes of uh, From IPS With Love on all major podcast platforms. Or you can go to Media Connect, just search from IPS with Love. Thanks.